0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I've got a good one for you today. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, I hear so much preaching on the favor of God. And, um, I want to deal with that because when you hear people talk about, uh, the favor of God, a lot of times it, it almost sounds like some, you know, mystical thing that nobody can figure out. It's like, man, he just had God's favor on him. And, you know, it's like, it's like some inexplicable season that somebody went through where they experienced, um, the favor of God. It's like, man, you don't know, I tell you there's the coming of time. God's favor is going to come on you. And people don't understand uh, what God's favor is, or how they can even practically access the favor of God. And so I want to uh, I want to talk to you about this because I'm going to actually give you five things that provoke God's favor uh, in this broadcast today that you can apply immediately. It's not some weird. Uh, it's not some weird thing that's like, you know, mystical or nobody can explain it or we don't understand how it comes, when it comes, where it comes. It's not, it's not like that. In fact, if you read the Bible, you can plainly see why people had the favor of God on their life. You can understand why God releases his favor to your life. And so, uh, literally if you just take notes, uh, today I'm going to show you five principles that you can immediately apply to your life that will provoke and release the favor of God onto your life. And so I'm going to take you through, uh, five different passages as you're jumping on, uh, help me out, put these things in the comments, put the scriptures in the comments and, uh, and share it when you jump on and, uh, it'll, it'll help get this to more people. So, uh, first I want to take you to Luke chapter 17. Hey Lisa, that's right. Mike, Mike Frost wealth magnet is in the house. There's my dad. Love you, dad. And so uh, Luke 17 is where I want to start with you today. And uh, I'm going to read you this passage um, regarding the 10 lepers. And we're going to start there today. And then we're going to move through these five things that um, definitely provoke the favor of God on your life. And so let's look at this starting in um, verse number 11. This is Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11. turned back, look at this, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face and at Jesus' feet and giving him thanks. Look at that. Now he was a Samaritan and Jesus answered, were there not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. So I want to deal with something here. Um, God, his favor was provoked in this instance. Why? Because here's a man that, by the way, is a Samaritan, which if you understand anything about the culture, the Jews and the Samaritans did not have dealings with one another. It was a, a, a two separated groups. The Samaritans and the Jews did not have dealings with each other. And here's a man that really was not even in the family of God per se, and Jesus heals all 10 of these men. So if they had leprosy, as they went to show themselves to the priest, they no longer had leprosy, which you know is a a flesh eating disease. But something changed for this man because the Bible says that when he saw that his disease was healed, he turned back around and went back to Jesus, fell at his feet and look what he did and gave thanks. He began to give thanks. And so I want you to put it in the uh, comments. Number one, the number one thing that provokes the favor of God is thankfulness. I want you to put it in the comments. Thankfulness. As you begin to thank God, notice as this man thanked God, I was reading this uh, note uh, from the, um, the net study Bible. And I've been pushing that and showing you guys, man, Uh, how much we love the study notes in the net study Bible. But in Luke here and and chapter 17, I was reading the note and I'll actually read it to you because I thought this was so interesting that um, they all agree. All these uh, authors, scholars agree that something different happened for this man. Something different happened for this man. That although all 10 of them had been healed of leprosy, that when this man came back and gave thanks, that something different happened for him. Because notice what Jesus said. He said, uh, go your way for your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Um, Apparently, this is what the author's note is here. Apparently, the Samaritan who gave thanks benefited from the healing in a way that the other nine did not. So there's something different that happened for him through his thankfulness that did not happen for the other nine, even though Jesus healed them. And I think that the key is found in the way that Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Could it be possible That while the others were literally just healed of their disease, and from that point forward, no more would they have uh, their flesh eaten away or parts of their body fall off. But now, this man, not only did that disease leave him, but when Jesus said, your faith has made you whole, is it possible that when this man who gave thanks to Jesus left, that not only was his uh, uh, disease gone, but could it be possible that even his Body parts came back. Is it possible that all the skin that was eaten away had been restored on his body? It's pretty hard to go away and be whole if you're not whole, (laughs) if you're in pieces. And so I feel like it's possible here. We know something happened for him that didn't happen for the other nine. Well, the only other thing we could conclude is that possibly what he had that was stolen from him was restored to him through his thanksgiving. I'm telling you, when you start to give thanks to God, when you begin to make Thanksgiving a lifestyle, right? Instead of just every once in a while or during a song, during the song service, when you start to make Thanksgiving a lifestyle, things begin to change. Why? Because of the fact that when you thank God, it is something that He's given you. Thanksgiving. Give thanks at all times or always give thanks. It's a command in Scripture uh, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. So when you give thanks and make Thanksgiving a lifestyle, it is an ongoing provocation of God's favor. The more you thank him, the more he manifests his presence and his power. Um, have you ever done something for someone before? And after you did it for them, they didn't even say, thank you. Have you ever had that happen where you did something for someone, but they didn't even bother to say thank you, it almost makes you feel like, man, I I don't want to do things for that person anymore. They don't even care. They didn't even appreciate what I did do for them. And see, I'm sure that the Lord feels the same about a lot of people. He's blessed them. He's provided for them, protected them, healed them. And they've never even bothered to say thank you to God. But if you'll make Thanksgiving a lifestyle, it will provoke the favor of God over and over. There'll be things that God will do for you that you may not see taking place in other people's lives because maybe they've ignored his presence. Maybe they've ignored his power or his mighty works like the Psalms tell us. In Psalm 150, the Bible tells us that we are to praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. And so that's the key. If you'll make Thanksgiving a lifestyle, then what takes place is that God's favor his presence is provoked through thanksgiving his power is provoked through thanksgiving in fact you know there's a lot of people I'm sure that and you've you've been around them there's a lot of people that spend their time complaining about what they don't have complaining about the way things are going i mean you just look at social media you just see christians constantly Did you see the gas prices or I mean, whatever it might be, did you notice food's going up? All the prices of food is going up. There's just people that constantly uh, are just complaining about the way things are going rather than take that time to thank and praise God for his goodness. Thank and praise God for his goodness. That way, the story of this world will never be your story in Jesus name. Make Thanksgiving a lifestyle. So. As we continue to to provoke God's favor, what happens? Then more and more manifestations of his presence take place in our own lives. And that's why Thanksgiving has to be a priority on your list. When you wake up in the morning, you ought to begin to just thank God for the things that he's already done and thank him for the things that he's about to do. Thank him for what he's already done. Thank him for the things he's about to do. So past, present, present and future thank him for what he has done what he is doing and what he's about to do you know one of the things that i'll start doing is uh as we cross over into a new month i'll just start thanking god you know sometimes i'll take a walk outside or or whatever i'm just uh, in his presence and i'll just start thank you lord we came through another month and no wicked thing touched my family thank you we came through another month no sickness touched our bodies thank you lord that we came through another month and you kept us and blessed us financially. Thank you, we came through another month and you opened doors and used us to minister to your people. Thank you, another month has gone by and you've kept our minds in perfect peace and you've kept us in perfect joy. You just start thanking him. Thank him for what he did through the previous month. Thank you, Lord, that we came through another month and you have continued to show us your goodness. And you, take, you could take 20, 30 minutes just thanking God for all the things that he's done just in the previous month before we have crossed over into a new month. But then you could stop there and then start thanking him for the things he's about to do that you've been praying for in the upcoming month. Lord, I thank you that the jobs that I've been praying for, the opportunities that I've been asking you for, I thank you that you're opening up doors in this new month. I thank you, Lord, that promotions are coming available to me. I thank you, Lord, that my children are being divinely protected once again. Then you start thanking him for the things he's about to do and watch what starts to take place when you make Thanksgiving a lifestyle. Hallelujah. That'd be a great thing to put in the comments. I saw other people have already started to do that. Make Thanksgiving a lifestyle. I'll tell you another one to couple with your Thanksgiving. This is number two. The second way to provoke the favor of God is via praise, that you're praising him on a daily basis. Now, praise and thanksgiving are two different things. But as we praise God, see, praise is also focused, though, on his greatness. Thanksgiving is focused on what he's done, but praise is focused on who he is, his greatness. His capacity, his power, his glory, his holiness, his righteousness, his justice. And so as you praise him, see, the Bible says in Psalm 22 and verse number three, that God inhabits the praises of Israel, lives in, dwells in the praises of Israel So as we begin to praise him, then the Bible says he inhabits those praises, lives in, dwells in those praises. And I've been preaching this because it's been strong in my spirit that when we obviously we're activating his presence by praising him. But when God's presence shows up, man, he never shows up alone. Never. When God shows up, all of the elements that come with him are there. And one of the things I just preached it recently, Psalm 16, the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. So you can be sure that when you start to praise him on a daily basis, that joy is going to show up in your life on a daily basis. That's a manifestation of God's presence in his presence is fullness of joy. Well, not just that, the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, There is freedom, 2 Corinthians 3.17. So not just joy is going to be there, but freedom is going to be there as well. So you can literally praise yourself into freedom. You can praise yourself into liberty. And so when God shows up, everything that comes with him also shows up. Healing, blessing, open doors, everything shows up. That's why I wrote that book, um, Unhang Your Harp, is because the subtitle there is how praise opens the door to every blessing that God's prepared for your life. Every blessing. And I trace through the word of God in that book, how praise opened the door to healing, opened the door to blessing, opened the door to protection. I mean, you go right down through the list, every blessing that God set aside, is provoked and can be provoked by praising him. And so it's it's a powerful thing. If you were to couple thanksgiving and praise on a daily basis, let me tell you, one of the things that stirs me up is to know that you don't ever have to live in depression again. Even though it's something that is plaguing our nation, you don't ever have to live in depression again. Just by staying In the presence of God, the Bible says in his presence is what fullness of joy. So you don't have to go for three years in heavy depression, in overwhelming depression. You can literally provoke that presence of God every single day. And when you get in, there's fullness of joy. Hallelujah. There's fullness of joy. And that's, again, that is a side effect of his divine favor. His favor is provoked. Well, obviously one of the things that in, that's included in God's favor is the joy of the Lord that gives you strength, which means strength is an aspect of God's favor on your life. Amen. Joy is, strength is, peace is, provision is, protection is. These are all manifestations of God's favor upon your life. And so when you praise him and when you give him thanks as a daily lifestyle, get ready. Because God is going to show you his divine favor. Glory to God. And so for those of you that are watching, put it in the comments. Praise plus thanksgiving equals daily favor. Hallelujah. Praise plus thanksgiving equals daily favor. And these are things that we should be doing every single day without question. Should be like second nature to the believer. Second nature to the people of God. And so we've got thanksgiving and we've got, we've got praise. Um, number three, I want to give this to you today. The third way that you can access and provoke the favor of God is through holiness. I want you to put that into the comments. Number three is holiness. Let's, let's look over at Psalm 84, Psalm 84, the third element that provokes the favor of God is holiness. And this is such a powerful Psalm. I want you to see it with me. We're going to read uh, two verses together that sometimes get read separately, but they go together. And so let's start with verse 10 and we'll read verse 11. Psalm 84, verses 10 and 11. Good morning, Jen. The psalmist writes, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand days elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Why? Now he explains why he'd rather be a doorkeeper. Verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows what? Favor and honor. What what does the Lord bestow? Favor and honor. Favor and honor. Look at the rest. And no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You see that? From those who walk uprightly. So holiness, those who walk uprightly, is a provocation of God's favor and his honor. And he'll not withhold any good thing from those that live in holiness. Hallelujah taking right actions, taking pleasing actions. They're pleasing to the Lord. They are obedience to his word. So notice he said, when you obey my word, I won't withhold any good thing from your life. Not one good thing. Praise God. That's why he said, better is one day in your courts. Why? Because God can do more in one day for you than specialists can do in decades, financial planners, doctors, surgeons, scientists, right? Life coaches. God can do more for you in one day than they can do in many years. So the psalmist said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand days anywhere else. For the Lord God is a sun and shield and he bestows favor and honor. Doesn't withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly. Praise God. And so we understand holiness opens the door to God's favor. Let's jump back one, cha- uh, one book to the book of Job chapter 36. The book of Job chapter 36. Let's read verse number 11. And look what the Bible says here. The Bible says, if they will listen and serve him, Notice that. That's right, Veronica. That, we've covered that before. Righteousness is the position God's placed us in. Holiness is the decision making us align to his word. That's right. Job 36, 11, If they will uh, listen, just listen and serve him. What is that? Holiness. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. If they will listen and, and serve him, what will happen? They will complete their days in Christ prosperity, and their years in pleasures, or in this translation, pleasantness. So notice the only two prerequisites here. If they will just listen and serve him, obey him, they'll complete their days in prosperity. That's the favor of God. And their years in pleasantness or pleasures. By what? Just by listening and obeying, listening and obeying. That's holiness. What does Isaiah 119 say? If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. That's Isaiah chapter one and verse 19. If you're, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So there's a blessing attached to being willing and obedient to God. You'll spend your days in prosperity, years in pleasures. You'll eat the good of the land. He'll not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly. What does the Bible say in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these other things will be added unto you. What other things is he talking about? He's talking about the things that, uh, are in the natural. If you read the chapter, what will we eat? What will we wear? Where will we sleep? How will we live? He said, don't let those things trouble your mind. That's what Gentiles do. That's what the sinner does. He said, don't let those things trouble your mind, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will just be added. Glory to God unto you. That's Matthew six thirty three praise the Lord they'll just be added unto you let me let me show you one more in the, the New Testament Gospel of John we read this often Gospel of John chapter 14 that's right Aaron added to you not toiled for not hard beating your brow to get that thing into your life it'll just be added to you John 14. Verse 21, Jesus is speaking here. He said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, that's obeys them. He it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father. Now watch this last phrase and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. You see that? Thank you for everybody that's putting those verses in the comments. People watch later. They know exactly where to go. John 14, 21. Notice the last part of the verse. And I will love him. Well, who's he talking about? The one who loves me and proves it by keeping my commandments. Jesus said, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Glory to God. If you go on to another translation of that verse, it says, and I will reveal myself to him. So notice this, the manifestations of Christ are reserved for those who obey his commandments. Hallelujah. Thank you, Caitlin. It's good to see you. Um, Notice that those are the people to whom Jesus will manifest himself. Those who obey his commandments. So notice all of these verses are pointing to the same thing. That holiness opens the door to the divine favor of the almighty God. Obedience to his word opens the door to the divine favor of God. It's like uh, what what Jesus' mother Mary said at the wedding in John chapter 2. She told the servants, this is a command truly that will always produce God's blessing in your life. Remember her command, whatever he says to you, do it. That's exactly what Mary told the servants. Whatever Jesus says to you, do it. And as they obeyed him, the Bible says the impossible took place. That's what we should expect. As we obey Christ, as we obey his written word, we should expect God to manifest himself in our lives. We should expect His power to be seen in our lives. We should expect the hand of blessing, God's mighty hand of favor, to show up in our lives. That should be the expectation. Hallelujah. In fact, and I know you're believing for this as we're in the final six months of this year, I want you to put it in the comments right now God's hand of favor is upon my life. Amen. We're not going to look like the rest of this world. We're not going to look like Uh, other nations. We're not going to look like the wicked. We're not going to look like those who aren't faithful to God. God's hand of favor is upon my life in Jesus name. In Jesus name. God's hand of favor is upon my life. That's right. That's right. Put it in the comments. Declare it over yourself that your obedience is opening the door to blessing. Thank you, Lord. Your obedience is opening the door to God's blessing. No question about it. Amen, Linda. That's it. That's right, Hope. God's hand of favor is upon my life. We're declaring that. We're declaring that. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Let me give you uh, number four. That's number three. That holiness provokes the favor of God. Let me give you number four. Number four is this. Humility provokes the favor of God. Hallelujah. Humility. That's number four. So number one, thankfulness. Number two, praise Number three, holiness. Number four, humility. Humility will provoke the favor of God. So let's go to um, let's go to the book of James, and we'll read this together. The book of James opens this up for us, and um, we'll read a couple of verses here. James chapter four, and um, let's read verses six and seven. James four, verses six and seven. Look at this with me. Speaking of God, it says, but he gives more grace. That's favor. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives more grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. So what's the key here? So submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now let's read verse eight. Let's read verse eight. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. So what was, what was the warning? You say, like, well, why, would he, why would James say all that stuff? Because he's warning those that he's writing to against worldliness, against worldliness, being a friend of the world. In fact, let me go back to verse 1 so you have the context. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and don't have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, gives more grace to the humble. So this whole passage is instructing people that humbling yourself to God is making sure I'm not a friend of this world. I'm a friend of God. And if I'm a friend of God, then I reject the system of this world. I reject the anti-Christ, anti-God agenda. I humble myself before God, which means I'll obey his word because his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so I submit, that's why the Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God. So what, what is causing us to humble ourselves? That's the picture of the action of humility, is that I submit to God. Well, how can, you, how can anyone submit to God? What does it look like to practically submit to God? The only way, the only way that you can submit to God as a human being is to take his written holy word and put it into practice in your own life, to obey God the word of God. That's the only way. I mean, the only other thing that you could say is uh, obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Those two things make up the only way that we could submit ourselves to God. Because think about it, how else could, could a Christian submit their will, submit their life to God? That's the only two ways there are to do it. Read his word and obey it. Listen for his voice and obey it. Those are the only two things we could do. And so you start to realize, if I'm going to submit myself, therefore, to God and resist the devil, what does that look like? Looks like submitting to the word. And did you know Jesus did this? The Bible says when he was being tempted of the devil, you can read about it. As he was being tempted in the wilderness by the devil, what does the Bible say that he did? Every time that uh, the devil would try to um, tempt him with... Uh, one temptation or another, whether it was the pride of life, uh, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, whatever it was, the Bible says, even sometimes the devil would quote verses of scripture out of context to Jesus. And the Bible says, and Jesus would answer him back with what? The word of God. What would he say? It is written. Glory to God. It is written. And as he would say, it is written, he would reject the temptation of the devil with and by submitting to the mighty word of God. Glory to God. It is written. You don't put the Lord, your God to the test. He would just answer right back with the mighty word of God. And he made up his mind. I don't care what temptations come. I'm submitting myself to the word of God, which is what caused Jesus to constantly have God's favor upon his life. Constantly, constantly draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Notice we have to take that step in submission toward God and then he moves toward us. So the only ways we can submit ourselves to God is through obedience to the word and obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Obedience to his word and obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'd love to see by a show of hands. How many of the Lord has spoken to you by his Holy Spirit, you've heard his voice, and you've obeyed him before? Put your hands up in the comments if that's you. You've heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to your spirit and give you some sort of a, an instruction for your life, a leading or guidance for your life. Let me see that. Those of you that are spirit-led, amen. Look at the, all the hands going up in the comments. You're spirit-led people. That is one of the main ways that we are submitted to God, submitted to his word and submitted to his voice. Look at all the hands. That's wonderful that you've had a leading from the Holy Ghost and you've obeyed the voice of the Holy Ghost. It could be in a job, it could be in relationships, it could be in where you were called to move or what church you were called to attend. or It could be anything. It could be a warning God gave you that you heeded the warning And God bless you or protected you for doing that. Look at all the hands. It's awesome. That's awesome. That is how you want to live your life. Submitted to the word, submitted to the voice of the Holy Spirit. What takes place? Favor. Favor does. Amen. I'm so happy to see that. So happy to see that. Well, what is this fifth way? that we can provoke the favor of God. I want you to look with me at uh, Genesis chapter four. Genesis chapter four. And I'm going to read to you verses one through five. Genesis chapter four, verses one through five. This is the fifth way we can provoke the favor of God. The Bible says, now Adam knew his, uh, Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Verse two, and again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. Verse three, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Verse four, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. And his face fell. Let's keep reading. Verse six. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Notice that. So Cain was not doing well or what the Lord wanted. So uh, number five, the fifth thing we can see here is the fifth thing that provokes the favor of God is obedient seed, obedient seed. One of the most amazing things you can find or pull out of this passage that is truly mind blowing is that God is not required to accept every offering or every seed. He's not required. God accepts obedience. God accepts faithfulness, diligence. And notice, two men brought an offering to God, and the Bible says, number one, he had regard for one of the offerings, but the Bible says for the other, he had no regard. So he was happy with what Abel did, but he was not happy with what Cain did. And he accepted one offering and rejected the other offering. It's, it's very funny and, and funny in the sense that, uh, you think about the fact that God's not required to just accept any offering that's given to him. In fact, isn't it funny to you when you go read through these stories, people are so foolish about what they did in the Bible to the almighty God that God had to come and rebuke them and be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What kind of seeds what kind of offerings are you giving me? Like the, the Lord actually had to say that, uh, to his people and people are like, what do you mean? He said, what do I mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? Look, look, look at what you're doing. And I'll I'll read this to you. Look at Malachi. This is one of those places places that's like God had to show up and be like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? And, um, it's interesting because in Malachi one, look at the kind of offerings that they were giving to God. God was not happy with it. I'll start with verse six. Malachi 1.6. Listen to what God said. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you. O priests who despise my name, But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food on my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in a sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you and show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of God, that he may be gracious to us with such a gift from your hand. Will he show, any, show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were those among you that would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord. I will not accept an offering from your hand, for from the rising of the sun to the setting of my name will be great among the nations, and in every place incense will be offered to my name on a pure offering a pure offering. Notice what he's doing. He's rebuking them because what's, what's happening here? The priests who are supposed to be giving God their first and their best. Notice what they're doing. They're giving God their worst and their leftovers. Instead of giving God the best animals, notice what he said they're doing. You're bringing me the leftovers or the ones you don't even want. You're bringing me the blind animals. You're bringing me the lame animals. He, he said, Where, if I'm your master, how come you don't fear me? If I'm your father, how come you don't honor me? He said, how can, we, how can you say we're not honoring you? Because you're giving me leftovers. You're giving me stuff that means nothing to you. This is what David knew, which is why God blessed him. And David made sure he paid good money for his sacrifices and bought the best. 2 Samuel 24, 24. He said, I will not give God something that costs me nothing. And so the fifth uh, area here, which is, this is something that only mature Christians can hear. That's why I'm glad to see that you're on today. And I can tell it's mature Christians because the viewership has not even dropped since I've been talking about this. In fact, it's gone higher. So that shows me that you're mature in in your walk with Christ because it has to be heard by mature Christians. God doesn't accept every offering. In fact, there are offerings he does not accept. What if God spoke to you specifically to do something as an offering, and you chose to do something else, something that you felt like doing. Let me give you an example. What if the Lord spoke to you to sow, for example, $1,000? He's done that with Carol and I many, many, many times. Sow $1,000. Or sometimes, sow $5,000, sow $10,000, whatever. Maybe he told you to sow $100. Maybe the Lord, think about this. What if the Lord spoke to you, and there's people that have written into our ministry, so I know this is the case. What if the Lord spoke to you to partner with Miracle Word at $100 a month? And you said, well, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just, I'll partner with them at at $50 a month. Is God going to be happy with what you've done? According to scripture, no, because he's not required to receive or accept offerings that are not done in obedience and faithfulness. So when God gives us an instruction now, There are other times, according to the Apostle Paul, where people can choose in their heart how much they'd like to give. But the moment God gives you an instruction about what to do, then there's no negotiation that can be uh, uh, included in that decision. It's just, I either have to obey the Lord or I'm choosing not to obey him. Remember this, and and please put this in the comments. There's no such thing as half obedience. That's That's a big takeaway from today. There's no such thing as half obedience. Put it in. No such thing as half obedience. And people are like, well, the Lord spoke to me to partner at $100. I'm going to do 50 for now. There's no such thing as half obedience. We're either fully obedient to the Lord or we're not obedient at all. It's either a yes or it's a no. And so this fifth thing, this fifth area, I feel like there's many uh, believers that never truly get here. They never truly get to this place where there's obedient seed going out from their hands. And one of the things that takes place is people feel like, oh, that's too much. I don't need to be doing that. That's too much. Or, or the Bible says that people will begin to consider the weather as it were, Ecclesiastes. They consider the whether, and then they do not. sow, they do not plant. That's a mistake. According to scripture, we don't put our eyes on the natural realm and then decide not to do what the Lord asked us to do. You say, well, you know, the Lord spoke to me to do this, but man, look what's going on in our world right now. You don't, uh, according to Ecclesiastes, that's a mistake. You don't look at the natural realm and then decide not to do what the Lord has asked you to do. You always have to be obedient. Um, it's your boy, Maxi says in the comments, what if you don't have the full amount, but you still want to obey? That's a great question, but see, don't forget that the Bible says in second Corinthians chapter nine, that God gives seed to the sower. So if the Lord is the one who asked you to sow, guess what? He will put the seed into your hand. He will put the seed into your hand. Let me tell you, when and, and I'm only sharing this with you. It has nothing to do, I'm not bragging. I just want you to be encouraged if you haven't heard this testimony about sowing seed because I want you to hear that God puts the seed in your hand. If he's speaking to you to sow, he also gives you the seed. Um, when my father was getting ready to buy this new tent that we're under now, uh, and he was giving his other tent to another evangelist, I heard in my spirit, the Holy Ghost say, buy that new tent for your father. I heard the Holy Ghost say that. I knew it was a leading of the Holy Spirit. I text my wife. We were in a service. Text my wife. We're going to buy this new one. Text my brother-in-law. How much does the new one cost? And when he sent the the invoice over to me on my email and and he showed me what it was or texted to me, excuse me. He texted to me. It was $35,000 for the new tent. Well, I knew that Carolyn and I were supposed to do it. The Lord told us to do it. And and it was like, man, because that was the biggest seed I'd ever sown uh, to the Lord. But I said, you know what? I know the Lord is telling us to do it. We have to do it. And so that very night, we sowed the seed to uh, purchase this first phase of the new tent, $35,000. Well, uh, I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was the Lord. But it was a massive step of faith for us. I am telling you, it was not even a week. I got home to my house in Florida and I opened the mail and there was a a check in the mail sitting there. We open up the the envelope and look at the check and somebody had sent us a check for $35,000. Now think about this. It could have been a check for $10,000. It could have been a check for $42,000. Is it not interesting to you? That after the Holy Ghost spoke to us to sow that exact amount of money, $35,000, that I get home and there's $35,000 checks sitting in the mailbox. That's not my harvest, my friend. That is God giving seed to the sower. That's exactly what that is. Because your harvest will always be multiplied. Your harvest will always be more than you sowed. It's not going to be the exact same thing you sowed. It's going to be more than what you sowed. And when I got home and opened that envelope, that I mean that scripture—it's like it jumped up in my spirit. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's a phenomenal question, Maxie. Um, what do you do if you want to obey the Lord but it's not in your hand yet? And let me tell you something. When you've made up in your mind, I'm going to be a sower. God gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower. And let me tell you, if you'll just make up your mind and say, Lord. I'm going to to sow. I'm going to be a sower. I'm going to live a life of sowing. And I want to ask you, Lord, to put that seed in my hand because I'm ready to sow. I'm ready to sow. I'm ready right now. Lord, I will be obedient. I will be faithful. I will be diligent. Let me tell you, God will put that seed in your hand. God will put that seed in your hand. Uh, John Napier gives a, a testimony in the comments. 2021, I was at camp meeting and the Lord gave me a number I didn't have. So I took the offering envelope, wrote the amount on it, and the next week I had the amount. I sent the envelope in the mail. God gave seed to the sower. God gave seed to the sower. That's exactly what happens. He gives seed to the sower. And then here's his testimony of the harvest God multiplied it in the coming months and paid for our moving costs. Praise the Lord. So the excess came back. The multiplication came back. But notice what happened first. God put seed into the hand of the sower. Excellent testimony, John. Thank you for sharing that with us. Amen. And so when we trust the Lord, he'll make sure that we have seed to sow. And then he'll He'll, He'll lead us in what we should sow. That's why, to be honest with you, Carolyn and I always pray. Because I don't ever want to just sow something randomly. I want to give something that the Lord is directing me to give. The reason I do that is because I know that he has a plan for my life and my future. It's far greater than anything I could plan, but you know what he also knows? What I'm going to need to sustain me at that next level so that I can walk in overflow and abundance at the next level. So I say, Lord, don't let me just sow anything. Let me sow what you want me to sow so that I'll have the harvest I need at the next level. And so we don't ever give flippantly. We never we don't ever just pop something in the offering plate or tip God. I will never do that. I will never do that. I make sure that the seeds that I sow are seeds of purpose, significant seeds of purpose. They have to be. They have to be because we're going somewhere. Hallelujah. I feel faith on that today. Put it in the comments. We're going somewhere. We are going somewhere. We're going higher. That's where we're going. We're going higher by the power of God in our diligence, in our faithfulness. We're going somewhere. In fact, make it personal. I'm going somewhere in Jesus name. I'm going somewhere, not staying where I am. We're going higher. Amen. We're going somewhere and we're going with purpose. That's right. We're going higher. Hope that's right. Praise God. I'm excited for you, Liz very excited for you. And so, uh, these things, these five things will provoke the favor of God in your life. They will provoke God's favor on a constant basis. Put them in place, put them in place and they will provoke God's favor on your life. Put them in place. Watch what God will do for you. Watch what he'll do for you. Supernatural. Hallelujah. It is supernatural what God will do in your life. Hallelujah. Let me pray. I'm asking God, let this last half of the year be so supernatural, it blows the minds of natural men and women that they can't even understand it. They can't even explain what's going on. It's just going to be mind blowing to the average person. But Father, I pray right now for every person that's watching, every person that's listening on the podcast, I ask you, Lord, by the power of your spirit, touch your people today as they obey you, as they put these five things in place. I pray that your favor would be poured out on them in such a measure that they would be blown away. Even though they're believers, you would still do exceeding abundantly and above all that they could ask or think in Jesus' name, according to the power that works in us, the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that, Lord. We give you praise today for all that you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for souls that are coming in. Thank you for the miracles that are happening. Thank you for what you're doing in the body of Christ, that the best days are here now. They're not behind us. They're now and in the future. As we wait for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you will so abundantly bless us that we will accomplish our purpose effectively and efficiently in Jesus' name. Doors. We thank you that doors of opportunity are opening unto us, supernatural doors of opportunity opening unto us in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray you bless them. Those that are wanting to do it, Lord, put that seed in their hand as your word says you will. Let them quickly have seed to sow. And Lord, as it comes in, don't let them consume it upon their own lusts. Don't let them just devour their seed. Give them a diligence. Give them a discernment to sow the seed that you've placed in their hand. Thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to partner with me and with Carolyn as we're doing what God has called us to do. You're a part of that. See the victory tribe, people wonder if you're, if you're new to this and you have just been watching for a little while, you may hear me reference the victory tribe, or maybe you see it like on stuff that we have, like our mugs, things like that. So what is the victory tribe? Let me explain it quickly. The Vic, the victory tribe is a reference to the fact that in the old Testament of the 12 tribes of Israel, the tribe of Judah was the tribe of Praise they were the tribe that was sent out in battle before every other tribe. They were the elite tribe. That's the one David was in. And that's the one Jesus came from. And since we are uh, from Jesus or in the body of Christ, then we are also in that tribe of Judah. The Bible calls Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah in Revelation chapter five. That's who we are from Jesus. So we are also from that same elite tribe, the victory, I call them the victory tribe, because it allows us to walk not only in victory, but God will send us to accomplish his purpose. That's what we're doing. We want to be, we want to be those people that are ready to do any good work for the Lord, accomplish his purpose. And so that's what we're doing. We want to be the faithful ones, the elite force in the kingdom that no matter what God says to do, we'll do it we'll step out, we'll see the soul saved, we'll see people healed, we'll see people changed by the power of the Holy Ghost, amen. And so for those of you that wanna stand with us, stand with us because we're seeing people saved all the time, we're seeing people healed all the time. God's moving and you're a part of that. And as you stand with us, God will bless you, God will abundantly bless you. And so I wanna encourage you to stand with us at miracleword.com, you can go there and you can set it up today. Whether you click the partner tab, the give tab, you can set up a monthly recurring seed. Whatever it is you can do, what can you do? What can you do in faithfulness that will help us push the gospel forward? Tim Wright in the comments, you not like you, dad. You always talking about money. I stand by your dad only. Well, I'm glad. I appreciate you standing by my dad. Appreciate you supporting his ministry. And I pray God blesses you. Tim Uh, apparently I'm Tim says I don't have money for food or eat and I think that means rent well you get in contact with our ministry Tim you get in contact with our ministry you send us a message you you tell us how to get in contact with you and we'll bless you today Tim I'm gonna bless you just for standing with my dad only Tim so you get in contact with us you send an email you contact us through the website We're going to bless you, Tim Right, And I'm not even mad you don't stand with me, but you only stand with my dad. Amen. God bless you, Tim. I pray that God blesses you as you're faithful. And so thank you. Thanks to everybody that's partnering with us. Thanks to those that are standing with us and uh, believing God for souls to come in before it's too late. Jesus is coming very soon. (coughs) Excuse me. Let me say this. Month of... Uh, July. Those that are standing with us in partnership, uh, those that are sowing $85 or more, we're going to send you Brother Hagin's book, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. Uh, In fact, let me say this. Let me me say this. I'm going to come back to you. I'm I'm just going to do this in the month of July. Anybody that sows anything in the month of July, I'm going to send you that book by Brother Hagin, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. There's people on my team right now that are freaking out as they hear me say that, but I'm doing it. Um, I'm going to send anybody that sows in the month of July, we're going to send you that book by Brother Hagin, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. For those that are sowing $250 or more, we're going to include with that The Blood Covenant by E.W. Kenyon, and uh, we're going to get that to you. And then also, for those that are sowing $1,000 or more, uh, we're going to include um, this book, or excuse me, this study Bible, the net Bible full notes edition, 60,000 translators notes in one study Bible. So it's an awesome resource. And um, Linahan said, we just witnessed you practicing the fruit of the spirit. (laughs) The final seven said, if you didn't talk about money, people wouldn't know how to understand how to receive money. So thank you for talking about money. Yeah, Amy, we're going to get you one as well. Love you, Amy. Glad you're doing well. Hope Sammy's doing well. Hope you hope your husband's doing well. And um, yeah, I love you guys. I love you a lot. Appreciate you. Let me tell you what we're doing. And I would love to see uh, all of you. Amy, we would love to see you guys at this as well. We've got the homecoming weekend coming up, October 28th and 29th in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, this is Last year was so awesome. This year's gonna be even better. This is the Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend. And so uh, Jenna has been contacting those of you that are partnered with us um, to get you to RSVP. This is going to be two days where we're gonna to get to hang out together. Friday night, we're gonna have a revival service at, uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania uh, at Central Assembly of God. And then Saturday, we're going to have uh, the Victory Tribe Partner a brunch. We're going to hang out. We're going to be able to share what is the biggest announcements we've ever shared for Miracle Word. I'm so excited. I cannot barely hold it back, but I'm holding it back until October. I can't wait to share you, share with you all the things that God's doing through the ministry. Uh, we want to see you there. We love to spend time with you, hang with you, fellowship, uh, pray for you. Uh, it's, it's just going to be great, man. And so as Jen is contacting you, you'll have the opportunity to RSVP And um, we're very, very excited about this. We want to do more of these types of events and come to where you are and be a part of your life where you are and hang with you, talk to you, believe with you for what you're believing for. So I'm very, very pumped up about it and um, cannot wait, cannot wait. Also, did you guys know this, that uh, the brand new uh, Miracle Word Kids devotional is now out and available This is the most beautiful thing we've ever released, a one-year Bible study for the kids. Strong, smart, and set apart. Uh, My wife wrote this, it is amazing. Full color on the inside, um, places for your kids to write, to learn, uh, little journal sections, coloring pages, all kinds of stuff. You can get it uh, at our website, shop.miracleword.com. We also have bulk pricing. If you wanna get it for a homeschool co-op, if you wanna get it for your children's church, a bunch of your family however you want to do it um, we have that available for that as well and then you can also get it in your territory anywhere in the world on amazon.com and uh, i love it if you if you grab it from our store uh we'll also send some stickers and some bracelets for the kids stuff like that it's a it's it's an amazing resource so i want to encourage you to get it i know you'll love it we're here again uh scranton pennsylvania area under the 10 all week All the details are online. We would love to have you join us. It's gonna be a powerful week under the tent and uh, it goes through Friday night, seven o'clock every single night. So if you're anywhere close, if you wanna come be a part of Revival, jump in with us. Um, It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be an amazing week. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'll be back with you all week in the morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and um, you don't wanna miss it. I love you guys so much and uh, before we go, I'm gonna shoot it over to Carolyn to tell you more about the brand new book. I love you. I'll talk to you again in the morning. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.